Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we've got a great malicious compliance story all about a dirty house. We'll get into that in a bit, but first... I found out some of my fellow science teachers lacked a sense of humor when they were about to be deprived of a token prize in a laboratory competition. Shamed at the time, our efforts were eventually recognized as worthy. This event happened over 30 years ago. I was a chemistry teacher in the Milwaukee area and was attending a two-week summer seminar on how to be a better chemistry teacher. It was held on the University of Chicago campus. At my own school, I was a bit of a prankster, subjecting my friends on the staff to an occasional silly but harmless practical joke. At the summer session, in the presence of new friends, this tendency was hard to keep in check. Four master teachers were running the class. Master teacher is or was a real thing. It's a title used by Woodrow Wilson Foundation Summer Institutes for high school teachers, graduates. That eight-week program was run at the Princeton University campus. I had applied to go to one of the WWF summer institutes, but had not been accepted. The four instructors were quite competent and presented us with many useful ideas for running a chemistry classroom. Some of it was material we already knew, but enough material was new that I felt the money I had invested to attend was well spent. I also planned on applying for the next WWF institute and wanted to see how I would have to up my game to be accepted. On one of the last days of the class, each student was teamed up with a partner and was assigned to perform the famous lemon battery slash cell experiment. In this lab, you're presented with a lemon and two strips of metal. The metal strips are poked into the lemon, and a voltage is produced by the chemical reaction between the two metals. The lemon has little or nothing to do with the voltage produced. The juice of the lemon just allows ions to flow. The current is produced by the difference in the two metals' electrical potential. The most voltage will be produced by using a combination with the greatest difference in these potentials. Some non-metals will work too. The absolutely highest voltage it is possible to produce, according to the standard reduction potentials chart, is just over 6.0 volts. That would be with a lithium fluorine cell. Note, a lithium fluorine cell would be extremely dangerous and no thoughtful person would consider attempting to construct one in a high school lab. The class was being held in one of the university's science classrooms with a chemical storeroom accessible through a door in the back. The master teacher's exact instructions were, you can use anything you find in the lab storage room you want to make yourself. The instructor, realizing that this experiment was known to all present, decided to make it more challenging by making it into a contest. Whoever produced the highest voltage would win a small bag of short wires with alligator clips on each end. Members of the class, each a victim of small budgets for equipment at their home school districts, dearly wanted those wires. The bag was only worth a couple of dollars, but it represented much more than its monetary value. The class hurriedly moved to the chemical storeroom, wandered through the stacks of shelves looking for things like zinc, magnesium, aluminum, copper, etc. 
Finding the right combination would take the glorious prize. When my partner and I entered the chemical storeroom, I noticed that a University of Chicago's teacher's professor's desk near the wall closest to the classroom. In my own desk back in Milwaukee, I would occasionally keep loose change in the top drawer. In the 1990s, the presence of silver coins was much more common than today. A silver electrode in our lemon would give us a great advantage. Silver is quite stable and great for making a cell with a high voltage when combined with a metal that is more reactive. I suggested to my partner that we take a look in the desk. Finding a silver coin would almost guarantee our victory. Some of the class might have viewed looking in the desk as opposed to the chemical storage shelves as unfair, but we were within the guidelines that were presented. After all, our instructor did say, you can use anything in the storage room, and the desk and its contents were in the storeroom. When we opened the top drawer, we didn't find any silver coins. What was present were a few pencils and pens, rubber bands, paper clips, and a 9-volt battery. I was struck with a sudden inspiration, a practical joke that'll win smiles and admiration of everyone and fill our pockets with alligator clips. In my mind, I could already picture the bag of connectors in our hands as my classmates serenaded us with, for he's a jolly good fellow. I think Ralphie in A Christmas Story had the same kind of notion. I got permission from my partner to put the battery in the lemon, and then we got to work on it. First, we cut a rectangular piece of skin from what would become the bottom of the lemon. We then cleaned out a space for the battery. Obtaining two pieces of copper wire, we attached one wire around each battery terminal and inserted the other end through the lemon. We snuggled the 9-volt battery into the hole we had gouged in the fruit and covered the rectangular hole with a piece of lemon skin removed earlier. We turned the lemon so the hole was on the bottom. Balanced on our palm, it looked much like all the other lemons in the class, except ours had two identical copper wires, about an inch apart. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Poking out of it. A cell will not work with two identical electrodes. You need two different substances to create a working cell. Copper's potential on the reduction chart is negative 0.34 volts. In the reaction, one copper wire would do the opposite of the other, so its voltage would be a plus 0.34 volts. The total voltage becomes the sum of the two numbers, or zero. The materials available to our classmates on the shelves in the storeroom, such as the aforementioned metals, would be expected to produce something, at best, around one volt. It was now time to find the contest winner. The instructor got his voltmeter and the students lined up with their lemons. The whole class was closely huddled, watching the proceedings with great interest. The meter was connected to the first lemons electrodes. 0.54 volts! The first of 10 teams shouted with joy at this reading. Next up, 0.70 volts. We're number one, they shouted. Things continued in this vein as the line progressed. As opposing team member behind us asked, what metals did you use? I told him, two copper wires. He was correct when he stated, I don't think that will work. Pretty soon it was our turn. I noticed the voltmeter was on the 6 volt max setting. Not wanting to harm the meter, I suggested the instructor move it to a higher setting, but he didn't think it necessary. He connected the meter to our wires. Thwack! The voltmeter needle slammed into the stops at the high end of the scale and produced an audible hum as it continually vibrated, struggling to move forward. Taken aback, the instructor quickly switched to the 60 volt setting, and the meter showed a voltage in excess of 8 volts. That's amazing, said the instructor. The class, too, was stunned. How did you do it? I turned the lemon over and said, I used a 9 volt battery we found in the storeroom. There were a few seconds of silence marred only by the gasps of my fellow students. This was followed by murmurs of protest. Cheater! Unfair! Boo! I think I heard a couple of string em ups The expected laughter did not come. My classmates viewed us not as talented pranksters, but as Satan's more evil siblings. Maybe they thought we were trying to embarrass our instructors? I'm not sure. We did not win the coveted prize. This, even though we went back into the storeroom and really did produce the highest voltage with our second and totally legal entry, our lemon had a hole in it and could serve as a cup or beaker. We filled it with sodium hypochlorite solution, bleach, and used that as one electrode. It worked great and actually did produce the highest voltage, but the class had enough of us and would not let us win. The story does not end there. Shame and ignominy was ours until the seminar ended the next day. But some few years later, at another chemistry teacher workshop I attended, this one in North Carolina, one of the people in attendance started to tell us of a hilarious lab joke done by a crazy teacher with a 9-volt battery and a lemon. Apparently this tale was making the rounds of chemistry gatherings and workshops all over the country. I admitted I was one of the culprits, and at that conference, the joke went over well. So, anonymous fame is mine. Even today, though... 
I still mourn the lack and loss of those wires with alligator connectors. Postscript, we may not have won the prize, but we did get a story to share with our students. My cross-section sketch of a lemon with a 9-volt battery served me well over the years. My students were always most attentive during our oxidation and reduction discussions. Post-postscript, I finally did get to attend a WWF Summer Institute. I found out they wanted teachers who had done something extra for the chemistry and science teaching community. I got an after-school job at a computer store, got a Mac, and went sort of nuts riding hypercard stacks on lab simulations, periodic table games, lab equipment clip art, and more and put them up for free on the net. Hypercard is gone, but I'm still proud of that work. As a result, WWF invited me to attend the Summer Institute on the topic of water. It really was amazing. Unfortunately, they closed the program down immediately after I attended. I swear I was on my best behavior and cannot be blamed. Probably. I mean, I see why they wouldn't give OP the benefit of the doubt and give them the rewards. But at the same time, I think OP played by the rules. They did say whatever you can find you can use. I think OP won fair and square. Our next story is, a dirty house stresses you out? Let me fix that. My mom is like a terrible hoarder, and for the past two years I've lived with her, I've tried to clean the house constantly. But there's just no place to put everything, and seeing as I have OCD, diagnosed, I swear I'm not one of those people, it's been really freaking emotionally stressful for me. Like, to the point it's contributed to me trying to end things before, back when I was 14, and she just doesn't care. This first woman, when I told her I had those kinds of thoughts over the mess, legitimately said, Well, if you care about the mess so much, make sure you don't get blood on the floor when you do that. But then played the pity card for money when I was hospitalized. I have my own insurance that covered all of my medical bills. She didn't need any money. And then yesterday, we got into a huge argument about the house being filthy and she brought up some of my past trauma for no reason and then said that she was just as much a victim and the house being dirty affected her just as much, if not more than me, and she just kept going while I bawled from the awful crap she was saying. Then she told me to get out because she needed a nap, not to hear me bench and whine at her. So I let her take that nap, and while she did, I did her a favor and unvictimized her by throwing away the huge piles of hoarded clothes, wrappers and bottles, broken glass, Boxes she'd saved for three plus years in case she needed to do a return, broken remotes, etc. After a lovely five hours straight of filling up trash bags, I finally stopped to eat and go to bed. But I got the living room almost completely clean. This morning has been amazing, having a clean room and watching her be all upset without being able to admit she's mad I threw her stuff away because then she'd have to admit that she's been falsely telling everyone she knows that I hoard, despite everyone knowing it's BS because it's crap I'd never buy or use, and that she's a clean freak. Even her boyfriend slash ex thinks it's hilarious and keeps cracking jokes about how she's going to be the next thing in a trash bag. Genuinely though, this is the best I've felt in a while. I love stuff being clean. I hope this is the platform for OP to continue working on this and getting better and just being in an environment that makes them happier. I mean, they got the green light to clean. Our next story is, my piercing bothers you? Sure, I'll listen to you. This is from a few months ago when I first started at my new job. I apologize in advance for any error. On one of my first days, my manager said I had to remove my piercing. 
I have an industrial piercing like this. Since I had the piercing on my interview and he was the one to interview me and didn't say anything then, I said I wouldn't. He let it go for a few days and then told me again. My reply this time was, all of my colleagues have at least one piercing on the upper ear, so why am I the only one that has to remove it? And he said, and I quote, does any of your colleagues have a stick that goes through the whole ear? No, just you, so remove it. Right after the end of that shift, I went to my piercer and got a set of separate but matching piercings that I can wear in the single holes, which I only ever do while working. The first time that he saw me with the new piercing, he said that we'd been through the conversation plenty of times and had just removed the piercings, to which I said, See, he told me yesterday that the problem was I had one piercing that went through my whole year. Now I don't anymore. I have two separate piercings. All good? It's so good to see him still fuming about it after months and not being able to do anything, since I've technically removed the piercing he wanted me to remove. See, my question is, why is it such a big deal? I just don't understand the whole anti-piercing staturing. Our next story is, I'll lose my job for clocking in one minute late? Hate to do this. Punctuality is a good habit. It shows discipline and commitment. I worked in a warehouse where you had to clock in before your start time. There was a computerized process and you would lose your job if you clocked in late more than twice a year, even if you were only one minute late. Now, I pride myself on punctuality, but I was running a bit late for the third time in 10 months. A man's got a hustle and I simply called my employer and told him that I was feeling sick and needed to take a day off. My state has paid a crude sick leave. The fallout was that I kept my job, it's been a year since, and I got paid for a full day without working. Honestly, wherever OP is, sounds like they've got a pretty nice thing going there. When you're in that kind of a situation though, what else can you do if you cannot even be one minute late? Forget it, just call in sick. Save yourself. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.